A lot of people make political predictions. We're going to make some, and we have no business doing it, which makes it all the more fun. All that and more today on the Marketing Mad Men podcast. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Mad Men with Nick Constantino and Trip Job. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Nick Constantino here. Trip Job is on a vision quest in Papua New Guinea. So with us, we have Scott Rhino from The Morning Extra and Ben Burnett from The Ben Burnett Show. How are we doing, fellas? Great Do- to be with you. Yeah, doing well. I'm excited about this. I love this show. I've been on it, I think, two or three times now. So this is you fun. have in spirit for sure. Maybe yeah. you were on you were on that vision quest with Trip with the wrong kind of drugs, and you're thinking well, of something differently. Yeah. Uh, so just just for some context, uh, Mr. Rhino and I went to the same high school, uh, which we found out years later, and now we're in Georgia. This high school is in Syosset in Long Island, which is crazy to think about. It is so weird that we just one day, and I was talking about somebody going to my high school, and you're like, "Wait, what high school did you go to?" And I was like, "Syosset High School on Long Island." You're like, "No." Oh, I went to Syos. It's such a small world. You guys both moved down here and then a thousand miles south. It's always funny. You run into somebody. You know, I was in Hawaii this summer and saw somebody I knew, somebody I knew from childhood, 4,500 miles from like it, it, and it always happens. It's it's. I just wish it was a girl I had a crush on instead yeah, of him. Yeah, I agree with that one. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I mean, well, you know what would happen though? If it was a girl you had a crush on, then probably would have gotten fat. So we're better yeah, off with how true. we are. So, all right. So uh, let's get to it. So today we're gonna have a fun show. We're gonna do some political predictions. We're gonna pepper in some marketing, um, and we're gonna play this episode back in about a year to see how we got it all right. Okay. So Oof. let's start. Right, Ben. I, Ben's excited about this. I can tell. So let's start. So. Context, real quick. I consider myself to be a fiscally conservative libertarian who tends to lean socially liberal. Okay, so I, I I'm not. We don't need to go into detail what that means. But if I had to say, it, burn the whole government to the ground. Let's start over. We botched it so bad. Let's just burn it all to the ground and start over. That tends to be my political view. Uh, Ryan, a quick two seconds on, on where you lean, just so people have some context as we go through this. Well, I'm very conservative in many aspects, but I am financially the same. I'm very conservative, but uh, I think it's very important socially. Uh, I have what we call tolerance instead of acceptance. So it's a little bit different than what people think. Otherwise, I fit kind of what you do. Burn the government down. It's about the people, not these establishment Republicans. I'm the Reagan Republican. (laughs) And what I mean when I say that is I like more loopholes. I do not like to pay anything in taxes. And I like the IRS to look at me at the end of the year and think, man, how did you get away with that? So I but and and I will not sit there and say that I am socially liberal. I will I really liked how you described that. I'll let anybody be who they want to be in this country. I don't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, and I don't like when it's pushed on me either. Either side. I don't like yeah. it being pushed on me. Um religion same way. I mean, and I'm not that and and I'm not that, you know, I'm I'm the Republican who's not the it's not that I'm not religious. Religion and my politics are totally separate. And it's your own thing. You don't push Absolutely. it on other people. You can be as religious as you want. If you're telling me about it, there's some reason you need to tell this to me about it. So that that's just um, – all right, so let's get to it. So we're going to start with the primaries. That will be segment one. Um, so first, will Trump join a debate in this primary season? Ben, let's start with you. Yes. He will eventually get to a place where his ego gets the best of him. He has no incentive to debate whatsoever, regardless of what Brian Kemp says or the morning show says. It is his. When you wake up with 35 percent based on the legacy and the brand that you have built, if you are talking and you are arguing with other people, it only gives them oxygen. I really don't think he wants to or will, but I think if it gets to the point, it would be at the end if any time. But what he showed the other night 
with getting with Tucker Carlson and getting on something that more people look at compared to news than anything else. He marketed himself and got 216 million views compared to 11 million people that were watching a debate on Fox News. It just kind of shows the power of social media. I think he stays there. I think he does his town hall. He doesn't have to worry about the constant indictment talk. Yeah, and I also think he is not threatened by anybody on there. And I think that if you're not threatened, then you let them just beat each other up and you sit there. And if you didn't go in, um, but there are some, some say that there is going to be a point where it might hurt him, maybe in the general election, maybe leading in, maybe someone gained some power to come up. Do you think that him not joining, uh, even if it's the first couple, will hurt him at some point? The only No, to answer your question, I don't. The only thing that will ultimately hurt him is if the base of support for the Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Mike Pence coalesces around Ron DeSantis, and I think that is likely. And you see that gap narrow to get to within five or ten points, which is a real stretch. He will absolutely have no choice but to get in the, get in the ring. Yeah, I, I don't know. He, he doesn't need to be involved in any of it, to be honest with you. I don't think it hurts him at all, and we've already seen that. People who love Trump are sticking there. People who are starting to feel like this government is weaponized against him are also still going to be there. The people who don't like Trump are never jumping on board anyway. So he's already got a percentage over everybody else through the primary. There's no point for it to him. Yeah, and I, and I wonder, like— if somebody comes out and continues to get headlines, Vivek, whoever it may be, and strengthen their position where people are talking about them, that's my bet when he jumps in. And yeah, it's I not think because DeSantis. he's threatened. I think it's because he's like, wait a second, this guy's getting too much media. I got to fix this. I got to jump in and squ- squash this. So I think that that's the only potential time where he jumps in. And if he comes in, it is going to be there to, to wreak havoc on the debate. It I, will not be to have a point. It will be to just <laughs> wreak havoc upon everybody else. No, I agree. I mean, if DeSantis got within 10 points, I think that would really make him go go, okay, now I need to go and punch Ron DeSantis right in the mouth. Yeah. That's the only time I could actually see him. And Ben, I don't know how you feel about that, but I don't think Vivek's really go. He's gaining some. He's kind of a VP pick more than yeah. anything else or a cabinet member at this point. But I think that if DeSantis got close, then that would be the time for him to go, okay, now I'm ready. There's no question that he is paying attention to what's going on. The only reason he shows up on a debate stage with other candidates in public is for deception because at some point he has said absolutely everything under the sun it's not going to be to drive a point or drive a narrative it will be to distract yeah so this is like a game of poker mm-hmm. right he's sitting there and he's bluffing and throwing those cards out just to wreak havoc you know yeah. it's like it's like when you do a, a fantasy draft with an auction and the first thing you do is get a kicker you're just doing it because <laughs> everyone else is like what just happened so yeah <laughs> I, I agree I think and, and honestly like it compels me to watch it because I am much more interested in that kind of stuff than I am in like the old school politics where you have to go and say your point. I mean, everyone's saying 30 second can responses anyway. So um, I would say if he does join one, it will probably be watched because that will be the point that I will watch. Well, it'll be chaos. Those bells don't mean anything. And in all honesty, if I'm DeSantis, if I'm Ramaswamy, if I'm Nikki Haley or Tim Scott at this point, I don't want him at the debate. I want to be able to get my message across. So I'm like, I hope he stays away. Yeah. With, with those with the the five, six, ten people on stage at this point, I think there's an honor among thieves among them. And it is entirely predicated. I think that the only real ally that he ultimately has, even though they all say that they're willing to support him in a general, 
the only real ally he has is Ramaswamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After what he's put DeSantis through over the course of the last year, I don't. I think he may do the right thing, but I don't think it'll. I don't think he'll mean it. Oh, DeSantis would jump on that, shake his hand, it'd be all over. It's like a. It's like a wrestling match. I they agree. all become friends at the end. I also think that Ramaswamy has the most to gain from a side aligning himself with Trump, and the most to learn from the persona mm-hmm. because the way he speaks is very brash and narcissistic. And if you're going to ever learn from somebody, Trump is the guy to learn how to manifest that. The right way um it's going to be interesting um so in, as a segue so let's talk about marketing a little bit so um you know you're you're the republican party of all this happening there's distraction there's trump there's all this stuff how do you market better to potential independents who want to watch these things and how do you market better and position yourself better for the general election right now the i i always hearken back the one that i've seen in the state of georgia is David Perdue in his jean jacket. And while he was stagnant in the polls and running against all sorts of people in the establishment, when he went through that photo shoot in a soybean field, his whole life changed. And I say that with a with meaning that you could do it. Look, the guy was a Fortune 500 company CEO. <laughs> he wasn't an idiot, but he wasn't in first place either. Yeah. And you have to have everything go right, and then you have to have that moment in, in a that where you catch lightning in a bottle. And the thing that is really interesting is when you harness that, and Trump has it in spades. DeSantis really doesn't. You've seen him try to gravitate to the school board issues and how great Florida is. And the truth is is that somebody halfway across the country may never have even been there, and they don't care. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I'm curious because of the way you stated that. And, Rhino, I want to have you chime in, but you're talking about a candidate. I'm talking about the party. Mm-hmm. What do do is there a problem that the candidates are so busy speaking about themselves that they're not trying to unify the party? Do you see that as an issue? And what could the whole party do right now to get people to come aboard? Because I think this primary, when you're talking about distraction and chaos, it leads away from the ultimate goal, which is to get the Republicans to win the election. So I'll please, answer that for you really please. easily for me. If I was, you know, any Republican candidate, I think the one thing they need to do is what I noticed yesterday. When I was driving home, I didn't notice abortion. I didn't notice trans people. I didn't notice any other social issue. What I did notice is when I left my house, gas was 355. When I went home, gas was 365. You have to speak to the American people who know that Biden is lying about the economy with Bidenomics. And you have to hit those kitchen table issues more than anything else. Ignore 2020. I agree. I think it is important. I think it is something we need to continue to talk about. But if you want to win this race, you need to get suburban mothers on your side and suburban women. And they know more than anybody else how much eggs cost how much bread costs and how much gas costs to take the kids to school yeah i agree and i think that's going to be one of desantis's problems also he tends to talk about the past and talk about florida and does not talk about the future and i agree all we need from politicians is to talk about what the plan is moving forward the only caveat i'm going to throw in is i'd like to someone with a little bit more long-term vision than just talking about the next year or two because we're in this position because no one had any foresight whatsoever and as a country we've screwed ourselves to be in this spot right now it, there's a million issues that are wrong, and I'm not. I, you guys can be the burn it down team, I, and I don't believe that there's incremental reform. Especially out there. those Alpharetta City Councilmen. That's oh, the, that we the have worst. to start there behind their white he gates. Get, he has to get reelected before we burn it down. Right. We need him to go down with the fire. But yeah, he gets people to cut his grass. I'm the one who cuts it. You guys laugh, and, and I take such a ration from everybody here about being the low T. Guys, I was the most conservative person because I actually knew what it meant. Oh, that's meant. hard in Alpharetta. <laughs> it, it was it, among seven Republicans. When yeah. it was like the shut it down conversation, I was like, you realize what you are telling people. You realize, and I think that the brand for the Republican Party, to tie it yeah. to your point, 
is we're in favor of freedom. When Gavin Newsom locked you up until twenty, the end of 2022, we had been open for two years. Our test and look scores, at the benefit. And our, that's a, this is a, a who will call a liberal saying it was the single best thing that was done. And I called it that moment. This is a gambit. But if this works out, this will be one of the most important moments of all politics if they get this right. And, and they got it right. And if you take that and you say we're in favor of economic freedom and educational freedom and all of those things and your 365 gallon of gas becomes 250 again and it's under a Republican administration – the problem that they will have with crafting that narrative and the message is that Biden is plenty guilty of being able to create a problem, and then he's plenty capable in his team of solving the problem that they created yeah. when it is most advantageous to <laughs> That's them. either party there, killer. We can throw any politician under that bus. Yeah. Um, the other, right, so we're we're going to hit it. Let's get back. Let's get to the break. We'll come back. We'll keep this conversation going. You've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. I'm here with Mr. Ben Burnett and Mr. Scott Rhino, and we're going to finish our conversation just as far as the primaries go and how the Republicans can do a better job marketing their overall message during this primary season. Go ahead, hit it, Rhino. Well, I think you also have to market at a, when it comes to these minority communities that you really want on board. And I think one thing we saw on the stage with the GOP candidates is it's very diverse. But crime hits those communities more than anything else. And we know that crime is rampant. So I think you need to go in there. And unlike what Mike Pence did was saying, eh, that's not my concern. You need to go in there and say, this is my concern. And as president, I'm going to work with these state leaders on how we can solve this in these cities, these blue run cities that are overrun with crime, because every single one of the American people want to be safe in their communities. And I think that's going to be really important. I, I had a guy, Senator Greg Dolezal, who's on the show coming in a couple of weeks, who sponsored the school choice bill in the state of Georgia. He's the secretary of the Transportation Committee, the committee sure. chairman. And he is he said that the greatest strength that the Republicans have seen in the last two years is that they are the party of the multicultural working class. And that is a big shift from the Republicans like me, where I told you at the beginning <laughs> that I'm in favor of as many loopholes as you'll give me because I'll go find them. And you have to be able to go out there and have the comprehensive conversations around immigration because Democrats beat you over the head with that. Yeah. But they don't do anything to solve it besides open borders. And by the way, the immigrants who wait in line are very in favor of that multicultural working class because that means that your produce is cheaper. And that means a lot of your agriculture jobs get filled. What's amazing about the economy today is that you're still continuing to see growth. Oh, it, from a GDP perspective, while there's three million open jobs in this country, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. I love it. He segued mm -hmm. in advance because I have one more question, <laughs> but we're going to get to the economy. All right. So 
let's just let's just call this what it is. Does Trump get proven and actually convicted of anything? Does he get of one single thing? Does he get in anything? Um, and and how does this how does this all end right now? Because my guess is he'll be in a grave before we get any resolution on any of this stuff. Just how our legal proceedings go. But as a prediction, does he get tried of anything? And where does this all end? Broadly. I- I believe that he ultimately gets convicted with the case with the classified documents because that's binary. The where I know that binary, I binary but very serious crime by the lay of the law. If you're going to be as a crime, it has the harshest punishments out of all of them. I believe. Well, I do. I think that the man ultimately seeks jail time. No. Do I think that he becomes a convicted felon? No. Do I think that he? You either did or you didn't. And I think that you know Mike Pence had talked about it and has talked about it several times. He said. When that all came to light, I literally called the FBI because I went to go look through things yeah. because people oh. packed up all my stuff. Oh, Biden and looked I, at three different houses and found stuff yeah. everywhere. I mean, and, yeah. it, it, and I have to feel like the same courtesy was given to him on some level, and he was like, nope, here's another issue to be a martyr. And he's great at that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anything comes of any of this, really. I mean, if anything, I think Ben's right. The classified documents will be the easiest one for them to kind of get a conviction. But again, he'll be under house arrest, if anything. He'll have an ankle bracelet on and play golf all day at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the most. They're, they're not going to take Secret Service to jail and have them guarding a president because that is afforded to him for the rest of his life. I think it all goes away. And I don't see anything beside. I, there's nothing there I see. They're going to go for the obstruction. Everything else is just garbage, and it's all going away. And it'll be tied up by lawyers, and it'll just be pushed away until everybody forgets about it. Yeah, proven beyond a reasonable doubt is a very hard thing to prove in any one of these cases. The more they think it's better to bring more against you, but it's just more that you have to prove ultimately. Mm -hmm. The RICO thing is absurd. I've already said, didn't Meadows yesterday say that he actually went on the record and said it because he wants it to be a federal case, and he he, he went on the stand, and that that never happens. Right. So there's a strategy here, which I find fascinating. I will say, my only two cents, if you are anti-Trump, and that is your thing, you should have shut your mouth four years ago and never said a word and let him fade away because that would have pissed him off more than anything. Yeah. Every fi- every bit of fuel you put to his fire is just crazy. What do well, you do? He's a narcissist. Bully? Ignore I mean- him. He's yeah, a narcissist, and, and, you know, I love the narcissist, and I love that in him because it does show his strength and his power. Does he go too far sometimes? Yeah, and I've said it. If, if you're a sheep, you're a sheep. It shows his influence. Yeah. And, and if that it, narcissism and brand is tied to his influence, yeah. it has worked. So you go with what works. I mean, I hate to I want a plane with my name on it. You want to go. You want to go. All right. So let's let's switch over. We're going we're gonna to switch over to a little bit more of an economic and a global set point of view, um, because, again, it affects the it affects what's going to happen. Uh, first off, will we able to will we be able to get inflation tamed and avoid a recession? Before 2024. Sure. I, I would say, I, you know what? You're, that's a good point. Let's let's call it in the next 18 months. I think that inflation, you're already seeing it subside to the highs that it was. Do I think that it makes a tangible difference to people's lives? Not as long as the Republicans refuse to pass a budget to keep the Democrats honest and not as long as the Democrats have power and they love to govern and they do not care about printing money because they will. You see it currently with the 10 prescription drugs they want to negotiate the price over that they're already subsidizing. Yep. And I think that having you can't subsidize something and then also subsidize the drug manufacturers in that conversation and then subsidize the people to buy it. It's a broken system. Yeah. No. To answer your question, it will not have any incremental change in but the value. But do you think? Of okay, Americans. so let's part to the recession part because the problem is is that even if inflation stays at three to five half percent wherever we are, that's still substantially over the two percent that the Fed is targeting. So I believe they're going to raise interest rates again. Have, I believe yes. that there are going to be a lot of mechanisms in place that could lead to a recession. Do you think that we can tame that inflation and avoid a recession in the next eighteen months? 
No. And so we're going to be in recession or we're not going to be able to tame inflation? We're, we're not going to be able to tame inflation. You're going to see the economy shift. You see it with me. You see it with you. I have more than one source of income. And, and and that is based in partly because I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And the other part is that it is 100% predicated in the fact that I would like to maintain a quality of yeah. life. And I'm smart enough to get You're around it. And 80% of the people in this country are not. No, they're meant yeah. to be sheep. Go ahead. No, there's no way. Uh, yes, we're going to a recession. The housing market tells us that. The other thing is that we are avoiding the topic that really will help fix everything, which is energy. We are... Watching as the Biden administration continues to destroy energy, we went to the Gulf to cut off more oil. We can't get along without oil. Not right now. Uh, is there a argument for, hey, we can cut back on some of the oil that we're using? Absolutely. But we can't go full EV. That's going to cause more problems than anything else. And we're already seeing that. Um, the housing market alone tells us we're heading for a recession. We're based on a supply-side economics, and we are not doing anything when it comes to supply-side economics. So as long as we continue down this path, nah, the, we're, we're in for it. Yeah, and Jerome uh, Powell told us we're in for yeah. it. More interest rate hikes, yeah, we're in trouble. I, I'm going to just touch on the energy thing because it's a topic that I think is important. So I have two thoughts here. So you know, I, I believe that we need to do better to protect this world. I think most people do. But sure. let me tell you how we do it. Uh, stop using styrofoam. Like, let's start there. You know what you don't do? Try to regulate gasoline, which <laughs> is what wars are fought over. Because here's what we've done. We have shifted now where we had our own energy production in natural gas. We've shifted to China because now it's lithium and mines in Africa, which they control. So we have taken the source of us that we, we were able to capitalize on ourselves and then shifted the focus to EVs where now China owns all the lithium. Yes. So what kind of morons would switch the power to a source in which somebody else controls and then not take control of that power when it was happening? It, it's bonkers. People who are bought by China. But it's, bon it's bonkers. I just don't understand. It is the, the energy policies that we have gone through as a country have put us in a position where it is going to come crashing down at some point. I agree with that. Whether it's gas prices, whether it's we're now fighting wars in China over lithium in Africa, whatever the case may be, I do think it's crazy. Um, well, Russia uh, Russia selling oil to China. China's capitalizing on all the energy they can. I, I, I just think it's a crazy time. But as far as inflation goes, as far as recession goes, policies are one thing. Political divide is another thing. I also believe that there needs to be a unifying voice as we go through this that brings it together. Whether it's a Republican, whether it's a Democrat, I have not seen anyone on the stage that can do it. There has to be a point where someone switches over to a, hey, mm -hmm. we have to get through this thing together. Because we are in a bad state because of COVID. We are in a bad state because of bad economic policies. No matter what anyone says, we have been quantitative easing mm -hmm. since 2000. There have been lots of parties involved in what we have been doing. We have been setting ourselves Bank up just kicking, kicking the can down the road, kicking yep. the can down the road, kicking the can down the road. When are we going to get to that point? So I am worried about recession. I don't think it's going to be the same recession as everyone thinks, and mostly because the rest of the world is screwed at the same time. Well, they'll change the definition, like and right. they'll change the name. It yeah. won't be called a recession we were anymore. We in a recession by definition. We were already in two quarters of yes. contracting GDP. Um, so how does that play out? Because let's talk politics. I do believe that as of the president, there are levers you can pull to artificially inflate the numbers that matter to make you look better. So how does that pan out as we head into November of next year? When you saw in 2021 and 2022, when the United States printed $6 trillion in the name of COVID and paid off every special interest group and paid off everybody with 600 or 1000 or $1,200 checks, and you saw the economy take off like a rocket ship. And it takes years yeah. for that monetary supply to impact things, which we are all living through today. Right now. They right. said that right now, all of the COVID money as of October, but the money people saved in their own bank accounts and all of the money that they were given as stimulus will run out this October. That is tracked to yep. the day. This is when it will run out. That's why I'm terrified. 
And I think that that is going to be incredibly interesting. The Republicans with a razor thin margin in the House need to put a budget forward of what they are in favor of. And they never, ever do. They don't. My biggest problem with them is that they don't like to govern. Yeah. And my biggest problem with the Democrats is that they love to govern. Yep. And and I think that both things, if the Republicans could learn one thing and talk and use that as a wedge issue of what we can actually be in favor of to favor the multicultural working class that Greg, yeah. Greg Dole has all talked about, I think that it is time for the Republicans to get away from people who look like the three of us. And it's a great opportunity to do it because yeah. we are far more business friendly and, and we're not we. We subsidize plenty of things that we all don't like. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and, and subsidize is a loose word. There's lots of ways to subsidize things. It doesn't have yes. to be policy. It could be supply side. It could be demand side. There's lots of ways to subsidize. And, and we have to be we have to be the party that is in favor of things that help average people instead of special interest groups because the Republicans candidly have less of them now. That is switched. Today. That is switched. It is switched. Yeah. From the oil and the tobacco companies, that the special interest groups, it has changed quickly. And Rhino, I want to get to you, but the next question, I think, will continue this conversation. Okay, this is going to be unpopular because Google sucks, and anything on the internet is going to be <laughs> is going to be swayed. But I looked up for the record over the past hundred years which party has caused a higher part deficit, the Republicans or Democrats. And based on GDP percentage of GDP, the Republicans have caused more of a budget deficit by almost 60%. By if you add up the terms and how much they've added to the deficit, it has all been Republicans. Clinton probably had something to do with that in that time frame because he was less in the budget. But let's leave that as the caveat. So will we ever get our debt in check as a country? Which party will do it? No, no. Well, well, first of all, we'll never get our debt in check until somebody comes in and actually does what they say, which is we have to go and look at the spending that we're doing on places like the Department of Education. Uh, really things that we don't need. The job of this government is to protect the borders of this country and to make sure that infrastructure and everything else, not to make sure people feel good about being a boy or a girl or whatever those are. So once we start looking at the real things we need to cut and Republicans can stand up because I agree. Republicans are just as bad as Democrats when it comes to spending. They do the same things. They want to keep their seats. So they'll do whatever it takes to do that. I think that we really need to revisit the corporate structure and see what's going on. I love a fair tax. So until we change how we make money in this country, we're always going to be in this situation. They don't care about the debt. They never will. They don't think anybody's ever going to come call for the debt. So why would you worry about it? We'll never get that in check. We're going to get used to the number $31 trillion. We part there. So we've agreed in lockstep until there that you go. Point. I, I knew I'd have one that would get and you, I, but I don't think we're we're. I think you're. I don't think it. I don't think he answered the question wrong. I think you asked the question wrong. Which party will do it? The party of J.P. Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, and those will get to a place where they're like, you guys are no longer. You you guys are an absolute credit risk, mm -hmm. and and that is the un So it's a fifty fifty shot if it's a Republican or a Democrat. So the only reason I disagree with you is, again, because of the global outlook. We are still better than everybody else, which means our currency will still be in the most demand, will still be the safe haven. J.P. Morgan will not care until there is a currency that comes up. And it's not the BRICS. It's not any of this. China's a disaster. Until that becomes the real threat, right. I don't think anyone's going to do anything. Because J.P. Morgan still makes plenty of money across the world on all that debt risk, because all they do is raise their rates and they charge more and put more in their pockets. So I party may have been the wrong thing. What is the catalyst? 
that finally causes us yeah. to drop that debt. Well, no, I mean, I agree. Sound? How does that sound, Ben? Better? When they start messing with the debt rating and the U.S. has already been downgraded, that's already a real concern. So Ben's right on that, and that's going to make banks and everybody who's controlling the money really kind of look at what we need to do next. But if we're going to get into a party, yeah, I don't know if either party really cares about getting our debt in check at all. I think they want you to get used to it, but until someone comes in, like I said, Donald Trump did things differently that people don't know about because nobody pays attention to the policy. But when he says, why are we spending $2 million on an embassy in Jerusalem when we can get this, which is already here, a building for 500000 and do it right, that's the kind of people we need in government. The problem is he, that's a threat to those establishments. And the other problem is is that five hundred thousand versus two million Nothing. is the wrong decimal like point. A, yeah, you got to be yeah. getting to the, the the first or the second comma to make fundamental change. <laughs> you know, I agree with yes. you, but there is something to be said about a principal change. Like when you need to get your life in order, you do it by stopping spending five dollars on coffee. So I do think those little changes add up if it is an attitude shift, and I don't think that attitude shift is coming. Or if we force other countries instead of doing what we're doing with Ukraine, which is oh we're out of ammunition because well we're going to give you this ammunition and then. And the money we sent you, send that back, and we'll work with our partners in making ammunition. So really, we're just using taxpayer money without taxpayers knowing it to buy our that's own ammunition. There's lots of ways to subsidize things. Yep. All right, so that's a perfect segue. Ukraine was my next topic. We're going to go global. We're going to do this lightning round style because we're running a little late. So um, how does the war in Ukraine end, and how does it play out into the election cycle? Ben? The war in Ukraine will ultimately end when China stops pumping money into Russia because they have so many other obligations, and it has to be a deal that the Ukrainian president, who will be told by the United States and Western Europe what that deal looks like, because we're all tired of sitting there fighting. And and ultimately, if that war gets a lot worse, it's going to be millions and millions of lives, and they will be ours. Yeah, they will be ours. And you know what? It's it's not going to end for a long time. I mean, if we were in Afghanistan for 20 years, this is a lot harder for us to control. We can't pull out of this at this point because it changes everything. Um, there, there's no end to this. I mean, there really isn't at this point. Yeah. And, and I think the election cycle, it's, it's hard to predict how it's going to go because timing. We didn't think we'd be in it this long. We, we, we had no idea. Mm-hmm. But I will say that it is going to come up at some point. And you're going to need the right people to be speaking on behalf of it because there's a lot more bad you can do than good. Like that is one of the things for when what what Vivek says. It's a says, money maker. It's a money it's a maker. Money it's a maker. money maker. But also the geopolitical. Um, assets that have been put into this across the world that have been put into this means that there's no easy exit because you can't piss off you brought everybody aboard you brought Germany and in and, and Britain you brought everyone aboard now you can't just leave them without lots of strategy and lots of politics that goes into this so um, great segue again someone mentioned China uh, youth unemployment rate by official standards maybe 15% I'm hearing 40-45% you have full cities that are just not open because they built up so much debt and building nothing because they took subsidized government and put money into anything okay from, from what you see from afar China is losing a little bit of that steam to be that massive threat that we thought they were. People are uprising against Xi. For the first time, there's a middle class there that says, this is not how we need to be doing business. So my question is, does China ever get back to 5% annual growth? And how does that change the strategy of the the parties going into the general election? I do believe that ultimately the rich get richer. And I think that China can't help, based on its population, to be one of the countries ultimately that is in the haves. If you look at the world on a global scale across 7 billion people, it is one of the more first world countries, even though they don't share our ideology on really anything. Their Belt and Road Initiative across 155 countries in the world is extremely powerful. If there was a drawback from 
America first. It was it created a vacuum that they were well positioned to take advantage of from a cash perspective. And, and but their allies aren't people that you would really want. They don't have their allies don't have a lot of money. If you look at our allies in a in a three hundred million dollar sure. or a three hundred billion dollar GDP on a on an annual scale, and you throw in Western Europe and you throw in the Asian Peninsula, like we've got richer friends, and that matters. Yeah. China can only win based on capitalizing on energy, which is why they're doing that, and also capitalizing on farmland. They have way too many people. It's a population problem, and that's why they work on, you know, doing the things they did in that we we don't even need to talk about what they've done to women to stop having babies, what they're doing to others like the Uyghurs over there. Yep. So until they get in control of their population, which is why maybe a COVID nineteen was founded in Wuhan is to eliminate some of the weaker of those people. They'll continue to come buy farmland. They'll continue to try to capitalize on energy. And that's the only way they can get out of this. But there's no way until they control that population they'll ever survive. Yeah, they say the, the lost decade, just like Japan had in the 90s, is what the prediction is. Like, it's going to be that bad. And, and again, COVID sped up a lot of these things that were already in play. But you cannot just wildly spend money on all this growth, subsidize it with government funds, and have full cities go up that no one's going to live it's gonna in. It's going to take just, an uprising. It's going to take an uprising. And, and a lot of death. And I think they have the middle class to do that uprising. And I think that's going to play itself. It might not be in this election cycle, but I think we're going to be more cognizant of how we speak about China, and I think both parties are going to, are, are going to, this is going to start coming out, because I think people are scared, but I don't think they're scared about the right things. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a fascinating, if you ever get the chance to go, it is one of the most amazing countries that you could ever see. Their infrastructure is so vastly superior to what we have because of that subs- subsidizing, but when you think about it, it's the, it's the largest country on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. You're in one of the largest geographically. You can't get services to people. You've seen the United States government struggle to get Internet access to plenty of 80 percent of the country. If you have even more subsidized efforts in a country like China and you're sitting there propping up projects in 155 countries, you can't be successful in the long term. So that Belt and Road Initiative is going to get scaled and pared down to who can be most adversarial to the West. And I agree that that's where capitalism comes into play. We're not going to get internet until 80% of the country, until all of a sudden Google realizes that that's where their next bastion of profit is going to be, and they're sending the internet out there to make sure that they have consumers. That is the difference between us and China. When capitalism runs, those things happen, not on the timeline you want, but they happen because it works in the favor of the shareholders, and that is where China is in a, in a weaker position. So, Ryan, we've got a minute and a half. You got anything else on this? And we'll come back and we'll talk about how we can market ourselves better than the rest of the world. Well, no, one thing real quick that you know Ben kind of talked about see their infrastructure ideas are brilliant I mean their their trains are going from town to town at 600 miles per hour they're building the towns around that awesome. which is a really <laughs> smart and great idea and they can bring that in and, and work on that they'd be able to Kind of help that out. And, but and, someone's got to need to afford to live there still. Well, and no one can afford to live well, there right now. Why, that's why they're still in their farm. They're communists. That's why they're putting them in these 500 square foot buildings and putting 20, you know, thousand of them in one. 500 square foot, bro. You're from New York City. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's, an, that's an empire. Oh, in New I York know. City. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to the Mad Men on Extra 106.3. When we come back, we're going to talk about how we market ourselves to the rest of the world. Thanks for listening. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. 
In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership, eligibility, and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. I just heard from Trip, and he is with a spider monkey right now doing some sort of drug. It's it's pretty crazy, the story. So, uh, so but this has been this has been great. Um, we got Rhino here. We got Ben here. We've covered a lot very quickly, as we usually try to do on the show. Um, so how do we market ourselves to the rest of the world? So we have what's going on in Russia, Ukraine. We have what's going on in China. We have Africa that seems to have an uprising every single day. Okay, so the geopolitical nature has changed. COVID has forced a lot of change. Supply issues. Everyone's trying to tighten their own supply so they could create things. So how do we, regardless of which party we are, market ourselves better to the rest of the world? So my two cents is we've always been that safe haven. And as chaos arises everywhere else, we are still that safe haven. Moody's can say what they want. If you had a choice between investing with us or the Philippines, where are we investing? They're investing money in the dollar, which is going to mitigate a lot of these risks. I do feel, however, feel like we have to change our policies. And a lot of it is that everybody's 90 years old in the Senate, and maybe they don't want to change how they do things. But how would we change how we market ourselves to better position ourselves globally? Ben. Globally, I think one of the things that the American people should absolutely hold to account is travel and tourism. If you drive around the United States of America, it's massive. And we have every type of landmass and really every sort of industry you could ever want to shake a stick at. And with three million vacant jobs that can't be filled, it is an opportunity for the rest of the world who wants to be here anyway for us to say we would like you the best of the best we want and and we can we can mean you can means test it you can merit based test it you can do whatever like you see other countries do to lure americans to live there and i think when you go to yellowstone or you go to the grand canyon or glacier national park or carmel california sure. it's a beautiful sure arizona country. death valley there's more topography changes than most countries see and yes i agree and i and i haven't even mentioned the south which is the most business friendly of everywhere in the country right now and i think that that's something that we have never strategically done i think the united states of america needs a convention and tourism board I look, I, I agree wholeheartedly. There's a reason Hollywood is in Georgia because you have the ocean, you have the mountains, you have the city. That we have so much to offer that we don't. But it has to start with the fact that we are actually what we say we are. And right now we're not showing the world that. We have no strength whatsoever. When we go to sit at a table, if it's uh, our Secretary of State is going to talk to somebody else and saying, hey, we're the democracy, because that's their favorite word. Everybody looks at us and goes, hold on one second. Your country is, based on what we see from the news, it's the most hate-filled country in the world. Uh, you guys are going broke, recession, you're fighting all the time, you're trying to in prison a political candidate or a political opponent what makes you any different than us so i think the narrative needs to change about what america is we are the most diverse country in the world we are great with having the ability to have a black president uh an indian president a jewish president whoever we want to have in this country we need to tell people that hey 
this is why we need to come over here and work with you and show you how to do things. We also need to tell everybody that, hey, you need to build your own. You need to do your own things. We can't help you all the time. Come to America, learn, come, buy, be a part of us, and buy American products. We're the best at it. And get everybody involved in that. Yeah, I agree. So here's my question. So I completely agree with what you said. However, how do we get that message externally? Because if you watch the news, you're not hearing the good stuff. You're hearing the narratives that are being created. You to get, get rid people of to Biden. Watch. So how do, you, how do you change that message? Who gets that message across? If you watch American media, you're not getting the story of what this country is. You're getting a fabrication spun to keep eyeballs. How do we get that message from here to those places? You know, what would be interesting to watch a Republican candidate for president on a national macro scale Talk about how valuable California is to the global What is it, the seventh biggest economy in the world, just California by itself? By itself. And for somebody to sit there and acknowledge that, it's like, I have tremendous disagreements with you. On our worst day, we're still better than where you live. Yeah. And, And it's the truth. And by the way, like, yeah, you live here and it costs a little bit more if you're in California. It's the weather tax. By the way, it's really nice. Yeah, I I agree with you. Partisan politics won't allow it to happen, and the messaging that California is putting out themselves does not align with how we put that externally. California doesn't want people to come. California is their own little world where they believe you live in this bubble. They don't want that. No, they don't. So, but I agree with you, but who is giving that message out? Is it the Republican president is saying, hey, Gavin Newsom, let's give a high five. Let me tell this story about California. How do we we get that across? Well, you could sit there and say, Hey, guys, in the last census cycle, they this is a, the most important cog in the wheel. And while he was running the ship, they lost electoral votes. It wasn't because it was going well, and it wasn't because you were free. If we can take the values of capitalism and unlock it in California, there is no end to how the rest of the country and the rest of the world benefits. You look at everything we hold dear today, Netflix, Internet access, content providers, they're all based out there. And that is so important to the 21st century gig economy. You're not going to be successful as a country without them. And with my leadership, not his, we will unlock them in ways that are that, that you will never see again. The, I would be the California uh, spokesperson. You got to get a gov- you got to get a governor in there that has no intention to run for president then yeah. because he doesn't care about he doesn't care about any of that he, stuff. He, he wants to create his, the biggest platform he can for himself. So he's anyway. a panderer. He's well, pandering well, to reparations. Pander, but, blah, I blah, blah, blah. but I agree with you. But I didn't agree with you. Him one no one time. no one knows that. No one knows that California is the seventh, sixth biggest economy in the world. Most people have no clue. Most Americans don't have a clue that it is that big of an economy. It's awesome. Here's here's what you need. You need someone like Brian Kemp who you know whether you love him or hate him at this point he's done one thing. He's been able to balance both the EV market and conservative values at the same time by bringing jobs into a place like Georgia. Not a lot of people want Rivian. We don't want Hollywood. I get it. That's not what we want to do. But we need to show someone who can balance both. There are good benefits to EV. Can we go all in at one time? No. There are really good benefits to nuclear power, natural gas, and having the ability to use oil. And that's what somebody needs to do is show how can you balance energy and still be responsible. We're too far into social, 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 business, business, business. We need someone who can balance both. Yeah. How do they align, I think, is the ultimate question. Um, All right. So let's get to it. Who's the next president of the United States of America? Ben? You knew this was going to come. I don't know how you have an answer already prepared. You knew that. What were we going to talk about? I think that. Rhino? In spite of absolutely everything, I think Joe Biden is the president in 2024. Who's the vice president? 
That is the million. That okay. damn, you can't do the same thing. You can't again. do the same thing. Right now. Uh, I don't think Joe Biden even makes it to 2024 with everything that's going to be coming out in the next few months. Uh, I think Donald Trump is going to be the president in 2024. I think the people there's too much that's going to come to light. Uh, I, I would I would say Ron DeSantis is going to be able to capitalize on what he's doing in Florida and make it. I just haven't seen anything that's energized yep. that. I really do believe that people, including the minority community, see what's happening and see that we're going away. I think immigrants are looking and saying, wait, I came here to get away from what's happening with political persecution. And I think it's going to put him into the presidency again. And I think people realize that parents need to be in control. And I don't, I don't see anybody else giving that message out. I, I think it's going to be a time where we watch liberals cry, and I'm going to bottle every tear. Vice President. Ooh, that's a tough one. I really believe he's looking at Vivek. I think that's his number one guy. I think what the situation would be would be Donald Trump, Vivek, and get Vivek in eight years, and we fix this country for 12 years. Yeah, they have similar. They definitely have similar thought, similar thought processes. And the I only think, guy he hasn't hit. I think he was also a, a freestyle rapper, uh, and he was a st- improv comedian. So he's got that going for him. Uh, who has the majority in the House? You got about thirty-four Senate seats, and you have about forty-five contested House seats. Who has the House, and who has the Senate? Ben, I think the Democrats take the House. I think the Republicans take the Senate. Oh, so a complete that- flop. Democrats will never take that house. Uh, not now with controlling the purse strings. Um, I think they get both. I think it's a slim majority of the Senate, but I think they're going to get both. Yeah. So we covered a lot, guys, and I really appreciate both your time. But before we end, Ryan, I'll give a quick talk about the morning extra. Make sure people know why that they should tune into you during the whole uh, political season. Well, that's the one thing about what we do here at Dickie Broadcasting in general is that there's no filter. So uh, come join us because we're able to balance both knowing what we're talking about when it comes to politics. But at the same time, we have a lot of fun. We laugh a lot. We do other topics and we have a good time. We'd love to have you a part of it. I, I, just to plug them, we even let Ben the on Ben they, Burnett show, baby. They are they are the most. I don't. I disagree with them. Uh, we, we agree on ninety eight percent of the issues, but when you get on the radio, that's not really what people want to hear. <laughs> they, 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 that they, they do not. not just they ask Mark Zeno. So it's, right. it sounds like I walk into an absolutely adversarial environment, and all the time everybody texts me and is like, "I really liked when you did this." Yeah, you, adversarial is fun, man. I hate is. to be that guy, but you, there's nothing wrong with being adversarial. And what's wrong with is jumping across the table and choking each other out because you right. have difference of opinion? No, ben, you could be adversarial. Ben has great opinions. Ben brings, you know, and he said it. We agree ninety eight percent of the time on a lot of things. There are some things that we fundamentally disagree on, but the Ben Burnett show is always a great listen. I listen to it all the time. He has great guests. I would have interviewed Pence differently, but I'm a bulldog compared to, you know, a little chihuahua. I also <laughs> wanted people to want to come on the show. I, hey, it, give, give your plug, brother, and we're out of here. The, the Ben Burnett show, you can catch it on Saturday and Sunday noon on Extra 106.3, and the Ben Burnett show launches podcasts every Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday, I do long-form interviews with the people who create your perspective. And Thursdays, I unpack whatever the issue of the week is in five minutes, leave the politics out, and let you go do your own research. Damn, you've gotten better at that pitch, brother. Congrats. Thank you both, and you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. Hi, Mom. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it 
$5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com. 